Well, the, the wordplay on these shows is exquisite. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download the rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello boils and ghouls and welcome to a very special episode The podcast which reviews the spookiest episodes of TV I love it I am your host this week, Wolfman Austin. Ow! <laughs> and joining me while sucking some blood is David Bitzenhofer. Spooky. <laughs> Bitzenhofer. I don't know. I can't do like a wait. Wait here. Here. Hold on. Let's let's do that again. And just don't okay. say anything, David. All right. All right. And joining me while sucking some blood is. Deadly David Bitsenhofer. <laughs> this sounded more like a try. horse than a ghost. Sound like a horse? Aw. Yeah. I'm sick. Horses can be scary, though. If I come face to face with a horse that wants to murder me, it's probably going to murder me. Like, what am I going to do against a horse? It's true. Yeah, like the Denver airport horse. Oh, yeah. Lucifer. Demonic plague. Yeah. yeah. With, his, with his evil laser eyes. Uh, also strong. joining us w- after wandering the countryside, making sure everyone knows that fire is bad, is <laughs> I'm the Mangler, Carol in Maine. Hello, fire bad. And finally, sounding like death warmed over and with a hand up his tuchus, is <laughs> Ryan Alexander Tanner, the murderer. <laughs> <gasps> That's my Halloween name. <laughs> Very nice. This week, for our second scary Halloween episode of the year, we are reviewing Family Matters, Season 8, Episode 7, Stevel, in which Steve Urkel <laughs> creates a graven image of himself as a ventriloquist dummy, which of course comes to life and murders the Winslows. Well, but it all turns of. out to be a dream. Yeah. Or was it? I mean, if it's not murder, he at least ruins their lives. Well, he does that, that outside of Halloween episodes. We're going to okay. talk about it because yeah. I'm really not sure what he does to them. <laughs> it's among the most unclear stakes and rules of any yeah. horrible entity. But, yes, if yeah. there's anything, if there's a running theme to our two Halloween episodes this year, <laughs> it is no one understanding what the fuck the rules of the universe are in terms of... <laughs> what can and can't happen in the story? Well, in dream logic, they're all they just coincidentally were all a dream. All the things we watched. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Stevel is basically Urkel, Freddy Krueger. No, it's but a, a dummy. dummy in a dream. Yeah, but he has the same like bad pun inspired torture techniques. 
Mm, and he's true. almost as sexual. The whole time Steve would say a line, I did kept expecting him to say, Bitch! Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. So, uh, since it's the four of us and we've all done uh, a Family Matters episode already, I think we can, unless anybody's relationship with Family Matters has changed appreciably since uh, our last go-round. What Family Matters? I honestly do you... don't remember if I was on the Family Matters episode. I don't either. Yeah, what, what one was it? Ryan, you uh, should. Yeah. You love the I show. think you were, Carol. It was, it was the kickoff to... Not last summer, but the summer before our TGIF-a-thon. Okay, yeah, we were all on all of those. What? Interesting how unmemorable this show is. Well, don't say that. But we which, did, uh, which we did a racial profiling episode yeah. when... <laughs> oh, right! When that was a good one. Oh, yeah. Eddie got pulled over That's and then right. Carl had to like lay the smack down on his racist cop buddy. Well, I want to say something for context. Because I love Family Matters so much, you guys. <laughs> and uh so i've been bugging you guys to do four family matters christmases for two years True. now i've been really campaigning um and i've been the grinch that's like no thank you well i think the other two guys are like i guess let's let's be clear we're letting carol take the fall for us but neither david nor i are objecting very strenuously to that oh, <laughs> i'm man. a great meat shield what can i say but um, then I I brought this up and uh, Austin was a good sport because I just got vo- I just got voted no again for four family matters Christmases <laughs> for the holidays. So this is a consolation so, prize. Yeah, we decided to throw Ryan a bone and do a, a family matters Halloween episode. Oh, I love this one so much. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why you like this, uh-huh. and I can't wait to hear about and, it during this podcast. And it's like Ryan. it's like latter days family matters too. It's yeah. Like, oh yeah, oh, I have yeah. all kinds of questions about like what the fuck is going on in the normal surroundings. Is this a That's pre or too. post teleporter? Oh, I think post. <laughs> Season eight? I think this yeah. is towards the end. Yeah. So, but uh, is Stefan Arkell, like, separated from Steve? Stefan Arkell is already, I believe, at this point, its own separate entity that went to go be a male model in France. <laughs> Does Stefan have his own dummy? Uh, I don't think that's something that we see. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he'd be like good, so he'd be like stood. Oh boy. <laughs> but he's in France, so it'd be like the Stefifel Tower. You guys, this riff is not working for me. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is season eight, which is the penultimate season of Family Matters, oh, okay. which I think means it's the last season that aired on ABC. Because didn't oh, the right. last season? move over to cbs but that there's a, right. not to get ahead of ourselves there's a follow-up episode halloween yes episode th- we'll ruin the surprise sequel. and a giveaway of what we'll be doing next year <laughs> <laughs> there's no fucking way i'm not doing stevel too you guys i'm sorry carl's bad carl's bad oh my god oh all right yes yeah, so anybody else got any family matters uh miscellaneous nope. they want to dive into before we get started. Well, another thing I want to bring up, just <laughs> that we can do at the start, is what's up with evil dummies? Yeah, that's Oh, yeah, thing. so did this come out before or after R.L. Stein's Slappy episode? 
the, the book in the Goosebumps series because he kind of started Evil Dummies did or he? did he? Well, like no, Child's I mean, Play is an Child's Evil Child's Play doll. was around before. Yeah, that's yeah. not a dumb. That's a doll. A, right. These are specifically ventriloquist dummies. Oh, that's a good point. I there's got to be a, a Twilight Zone about a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, there's like a Tales from the Crypt that's about one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Buffy that's about one, right? Oh. Yeah, oh, there is shit. an evil. Well, actually in... In Buffy, I think they reverse it where the you think it's an evil dummy, but it's actually like a demon hunter that's trapped in the dummy's body who's oh. trying to hunt an actual demon. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, that, um, was a, that was a first season episode, and it was kind of hit or miss. I do agree, Carol, that um, I believe the R.L. Stein Goosebumps dummy did popularize the scary dummy for kids for like around this time. Probably before this. Is anyone going to look it up? Are we going to get yeah, any? Yeah, the... the, the no. Gruel orphans who aren't allowed to trick or treat for the record. They get no candy. Uh, no, it would, you know, their, their, their stomachs are used to gruel. Candy would just it'd set them off. They're they not, just get razor blades. They're not allowed to ingest any sugar. <laughs> it keeps them docile and focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to <laughs> them, the first uh, Goosebumps book was 1992. Okay. And Slappy the Dummy... Having a hard time nailing exactly when that one came out, but it was early and Slappy showed up often. Mm-hmm. So I have to feel like uh, Slappy would have been around before Steve. Well, what year was Steve? Steve was uh, 1996. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. October of 96. I think, I think it all comes down to like the traditional ventriloquist dummy look is very close to the uncanny valley oh yeah mm-hmm. so i think it's just generally unsettling for a lot of people and then yeah you just that's why you just go from there to well they're evil and it starts murdering people and you know what i'm waiting for but i would never watch it ever is, no. is the jeff <laughs> the jeff dunham halloween scary oh, dummy yeah. special but i would be mad if that was a real thing <laughs> I just feel like why haven't they done that? But also, like I would hate it if they did. I will say I'm always impressed by true ventriloquists. I'm st- I'm still not quite sure about the whole physics set. Yeah, you're yeah. still not entirely convinced it isn't black magic at work Correct. that's yeah. causing them yeah. to yeah. voice that so. dummy. David, I'm a little bit sad that that's something you're impressed by. Well, <laughs> being able to talk without your without opening your mouth. I want to see you do it right now, Ryan. Um. Okay. Here. <laughs> For the for for the audience at home that doesn't have uh, video playback of this episode, Ryan just moved his head out of the frame of his webcam, and then he stuck his whole hand up his asshole. I was part of a process. I figured if he's impressed by ventriloquism, he's easily fooled. Wait, how am I being fooled? No, just like connected, like your intelligence level. You know. No, I'm with I'm with you, David. It's 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 not just that they can like talk without their mouth moving but it's like they could talk in all manner of like pitches and volume and singing and all that without their lips moving it's impressive yeah i've never seen it live only on like tv and video so i can never can be sure that they aren't like just doing it all in post yeah, but i would suppose true. if i saw um somebody with the evil facility of facsimile how do you say facsimile Thank you. I've read that more than I've spoken. Yeah. Uh, if there's somebody who had a little horrible doll of themselves and it was speaking nearby me, that would be quite 
something pretty unnerving yeah maybe is it scary i guess is the question yeah it's pretty scarier than it is like nice and light-hearted which is generally you know that's the first place you think of dummies it used to what was it vaudeville is it that Uh, old of a thing yeah probably i think it's scary like clowns like it just bothers me that this is a thing like the mind of a person that would like this (laughs) yeah i would unsettling to me so it's kind of scary i would say that i'm not like the sight of a ventriloquist dummy on its own doesn't scare me, but I feel like in my mind the default setting for a ventriloquist dummy is frightening. And so then it's like, oh, okay, no, this is just a normal ventriloquist act where they're telling like hokey jokes and whatnot. I'm not scared, but my immediate reaction is like, that's a creepy ass dummy. I hope he's just going to tell jokes. And you then you do then... fall into that child's play trap where it's like, fucking doll like what's it really gonna do to you like yeah yeah you feel like you could just like kick it away i I don't know i feel like a hand-to-hand battle would be really exciting (laughs) so good (laughs) (laughs) well on that note let's dive into the episode proper uh which begins with a fourth wall breaking cold open where steve (laughs) warns the audience that this episode is scary and so we might want to watch it with someone we love did you guys all go get your your loved ones or your pug dogs or a nice can of beer? Why well, I, I just that? told myself that you guys were my someone that we loved, oh, and that we were sweet. all watching it together in spirit. Oh, so do I, you like, think... I like that. In spooky spirit. Spooky spirit. I mean, they they do some jokes because it turns yeah it doesn't matter, but <laughs> that's true. That's You're right, David. David. None of this matters. <laughs> no, I'm just Good saying. Point. Like, I was going to explain the joke, but it wasn't funny to begin with, and I think me <laughs> explaining, telling the joke would just make it even less funny. But, uh, do, did they do this in earnest, though? Like, were yeah. they worried that people were going to get a little too scared by this? Well, this yeah. show was like a TGIF show. Like, I think a bunch of, like, six-year-olds watched it with their parents on Friday night and shit, yeah. so... Right? I know that the, the first... Six or seven Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes had some variation of like a mature content. If your kids get freaked out by this, don't blame us kind of warning. (laughs) And I know that the first couple of those were motivated by the fact that after the first one, parents actually did like lodge complaints with Fox about how their kids were all freaked the hell out, I guess, by the animated retelling of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Yeah, I was just confused Spooky. by that as a kid. I'm like, why is this scary? Yeah, I know. Right. So, But apparently some damn wiener kids got well, so scared that their the parents three? had to call Fox and complain. What were the three ones? There's the alien one, which certainly wasn't scary. Yeah, the middle one was Hungry Are the Damned, which yeah. was the first King and Kodos where they get taken on the ship and they're going to eat them. Yeah. And, uh, and then the first one was uh, the Bad Dream House, where they move into the house that's built on top of a burial ground and the voice james earl jones tries to convince them to kill each other and then the house shifts into another dimension rather than live with the simpsons oh yeah yeah none of that was terribly scary no none of it really was i think they had to start too because like if we go back to a little bit further there was a punky a punky Brewster that no one ever warned anybody about that was really alarming and like I know somebody whose teacher the next day was like complaining about it to the classroom outraged oh, because of how off for this Halloween. 
I know. Oh, David, let's do it next year. That, that was what I was going to do until I decided to throw Ryan a bone. Aww. Oh, stupid Ryan. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So someone will just need to remember that for next Halloween. Um, let's do it for Christmas. Let's do four episodes of Four Halloween Brewster episodes of Christmas. Christmas. You fucking <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like that. So maybe this... But then I feel like after a while, the Simpsons did it more as a gag. Like people were expecting some kind of a warning. And so they kind of mocked the warnings before doing away with them entirely. And that would have been around the time this aired. So I'm not sure if this was like a wink or a genuine don't blame us if your kids are freaked out. I think it was real. Mm -hmm. Like this show is designed to be like the most innocuous show possible. It's supposed to be like (laughs) non-threatening family television. Yeah, that's true. And part of, to me, what's so amazing about these Miller Boyette shows is they're so intended to be non-offensive and wholesome, but also the characters are such pricks. Like (laughs) that... Steve, this is seriously a whole series about a nerdy kid who's harassing a girl who won't go out with him. It's like nine years of it. It's a nine-year TV show built around not being able to take no for an answer. It is. And then all the shows are like that. Like, (laughs) um, and like step by step, it's just like all this like chauvinist shit, you know. In this cold open, Steve's like, "This episode is scary, so watch it with someone that you love." And then the camera pans out, and you find out that he's sitting next to Richie and some other random little boy. And oh. I'm like, "Oh, you should watch it with someone you love, like the small boy who lives next door to you." Right, Dude, you said it enough that I'm gonna have to correct you. Yeah, Austin. Yeah, it's somebody brave. Yeah, who's brave? Not somebody. Oh. Who's okay. Austin, I have to correct you because <laughs> double down. That is three J. <laughs> the streetwise young man. He's the cousin Oliver of Family Matters. <laughs> I had no idea three yeah. J existed. What is up with the Winslow's house? Just absorbing all these extra boys. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, except their daughter who disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I'll try to say this carefully. Um, Family Matters isn't very, uh, isn't a great representation of the American, African-American experience. (laughs) Um, and so I think 3J, I think they're trying to just make the, spice up the show a little bit, but he's also supposed to be like a more urban young man. Uh, I was going to say in crusty white guy speak, they were trying to make the show more quote urban by adding him. Yeah. And it didn't really work out. Like he never does anything interesting. And, but anyway, that's who that kid is. Okay. All right. So and Steve Urkel loves him very much. Yeah, so the joke then is that uh, Prigner adult Steve is hanging out with young preteen Richie and 3J, who are braver than he is. Correct. I'm really uncertain how old Steve is supposed to be. I didn't think he was old enough to drive a car. Well, he's, I mean, he's Laura's age, right? I think yeah. she's in college or on the verge of co- I mean they get married at the end of the show and that's a yeah. year from now this is season then again eight. Corey and Topanga got married when they were like 15 so whatever yeah. don't get me started well this is <laughs> this is season 8 uh yeah so he's probably let's see he's probably like 13 yeah he's in his early 20s oh my god okay can I ask now cause this is my question during the whole time 
Where is Steve's family, and why does he just live at the Winslows? I have a question about that, too. So he does he does live at the Winslows at this point in the series. I don't remember, honestly, exactly how that goes down, which... which well, I think, it, it's, I think it's, it went down like this, Ryan. <laughs> Producer A. Steve Urkel's our bread and butter character. Producer B. But it sure is an awful lot of effort to try to come up with convenient excuses to get him into the Winslow house every week so that we can have wacky adventures. Producer A, let's just have him take his bedroom in the Winslow house. Mm -hmm. Producer (laughs) B, you're a genius. But also, like, Urkel's parents, there's like a weird subtext to the show where he's like a neglected kid. And his parents don't love him kind of like uh, but i mean if your kid was urkel wouldn't you neglect him too i mean yes exactly <laughs> yeah but, um i think maybe they just move or something though i don't know but it's a thing it's a thing they decided to do that he would move in with him <laughs> maybe steve's parents sent him to live with the winslows because carl's a cop and they thought they might shoot him <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I also kind of uh, was curious why Richie calls him Uncle Steve. He's always called him that. Oh, I know, but it's just it it's it it's that additional layer of just how much Steve isn't taking no for an answer when it's like <laughs> if he married Laura, he'd kind of be an uncle to Richie, sort of. So it's all I could just imagine him being like, Richie, call me your Uncle Steve. It'll help lay the groundwork for getting Laura to wear down her edges on me. It's definitely part of it. Well, Richie really likes Steve and calls him Uncle Steve. It's like the ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, Anywho. God, uh, no no theme song. I don't know if that was true in the original airing oh, or just no. in our, uh, our uh, orphan-approved uh, version that we watched. <laughs> I think it was just, you know, the theme song was too... Uh, kind and joyful and they needed to set the spooky stage you know <laughs> that could be that could i would be. have loved to seen a halloween scary version of the theme right where they like <laughs> play the song at like a slow tempo and have like everybody's eyes fade away or whatever that'd be great so rare condition i don't know i know i started <laughs> to think about how to do it and i was like i'm not gonna try days go by <laughs> days go die yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> there we see, look at this david it took you 30 seconds you got there uh so scene one steve comes downstairs the audience loses their shit at the uh, mere yeah. sight of him yeah and he unveils from beneath a sheet a steve urkel ventriloquist dummy carl rightly screams in horror at the sight of it that was and then good. uh and then steve does a little bit of his ventriloquist shtick and uh, Grandma Wils- Winslow, in her uh, one contribution to this entire episode, <laughs>, laughs lightly at his jokes. I One thing that's really interesting to me about when Urkel does voices, like, on the show, is, uh, is uh, like, when he changes his voice, you're like, he can't make his voice sound like that. Like, it seems implausible, even though that really is... I mean, that's a voice that the real guy does, is the Urkel voice. And right. So yeah. Urkel that, doing a voice is Jaleel White doing a voice doing a voice. Yeah, but it's like there's this thing where it's like, well, if you really had a nasal voice like that, you wouldn't be able to change... It's just... It's it's weird. It's, like, a jarring when... There's a few times he does it, and it's just odd. 
Yeah, it's not like Urkel doing the voice. It's like Jaleel doing the voice because yeah. you can't incorporate that nasalness. And right. if Steve had any control, you'd think he would change it. And, Ryan, on this rewatch, his voice is worse than I remember. <laughs> oh, voice. my God. Yeah, that. Hey, Carol. That one. And, do you have yeah. any cheese? <laughs> um, No. Well, I guess. <laughs> it's not for you. you uh, this is where I noted Urkel. that uh, Laura has very short hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Relative to what I remembered of of Laura, and yeah. uh, this is also where I asked, "Who's this damn wiener kid hanging around with Richie?" And I have since learned it's three J, three J. So is three J like just a kid off the street that they absorbed into their household? Yes. Or is he like Aunt Harriet's uh, like bastard child? Well, or... Aunt Harriet's not around either at this point. Is yeah, she true. dead? She just is one of the casualties of the series. You gotta make room for Urkel. There's only so many lines in a screenplay, and Urkel needs more and more of them. It's true. It was all about Urkel all the time at this point. Um, I don't think they wrote her off or anything. I think you just don't see her anymore. So she dead. Um, Well, and her child still lives in the house. Yeah, Richie is still there. He's her kid. That's why I'm like, he isn't even, like, Laura's brother. He's her cousin, I guess. Yeah, but we... uh... Sorry, we see Grandma Winslow. That's the only time. Did they yeah. not have the heart to off her? But they did the. Kid, oh, that's a good so question. Yeah, we never see her her Freddy Krueger ish demise. <laughs> oh yeah. And like I would say, they it'd just be too macabre for them to take out the grandma, but they take out the kids, so I don't like. Them. <laughs> <laughs> they straight up murder those two kids. Yeah, so. sort sort of. <laughs> well, we don't know the exact uh, circumstances. Where everyone's pretty chill guys... about what they have. They're just mildly annoyed that they're like half murdered or whatever. Do you guys feel like they could have subbed out the grandma for the grandma from the dinosaur show? Yeah, I think we talked about this when we did dinosaurs. We did already. I know we talked about Carl also seeming like a <laughs> seeming like Earl from dinosaurs. <laughs> I th- I don't know why, but that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's a good note. I'll take the note. I just feel like yeah. I feel like we're. Yeah, treading into dangerous territory. <laughs> I have no nothing else to say about it. Uh, so yeah, the next scene is uh, so Steve his ventriloquist act is is rightly met with uh, minimal uh, fanfare, and so then he retreats to what I wrote down as his slash Eddie's slash both of theirs room question mark. I think it's just his room. Does he always have a fat head of uh, Jordan and uh, Rodman? I wondered about that, too, because it seems yeah. very out of character for Steve. Let's defer to our expert, Ryan. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I'll let you down this time. But I don't I don't <laughs> I don't have Steve's interior decorating memorized. Um, I don't quite believe you. And it just is very it becomes a plot point. So, to speak. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it might. This might be like a thing where this is the only time you see his room or something. Oh, yeah. And it becomes clear later. It's not so clear in this scene, but it becomes clear later that Steve sleeps in a Murphy bed. Oh, yeah. That's important. Um, So I'm guessing that uh, this must be like Eddie's room that he's now globbed onto, which is just weird because I never really thought they act like he and Eddie are like best buds or something. They are. But also, they, Eddie's they, like 25 years old. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. <laughs> Eddie's a town who's just glomming on to anybody who'll give him the time of day at this point. I think <laughs> he just has his own apartment, is what I'm saying. 
Probably oh, was okay. Waldo Geraldo Faldo. <laughs> oh, so you're saying that Steve moved into Eddie's room after Eddie vacated the room, and now he's just hanging around at his house. I mean, I'm not sure, to be fair. I don't know for <laughs> sure. I think Eddie's living at the house, and now that all his like contemporary friends have moved on, he has to find new people to just bother. Urkel does? No, Eddie does. Oh, it's possible. Yeah, that's how I that's how I took it too. So Eddie comes in and uh, I don't know changes his clothes basically while Steve laments that he uh, sucks at ventriloquism. Yeah, that's like he's really upset about it. <laughs> he's like really hurting over how bad he is at ventriloquism. It's like a serious problem for him. Yeah, but doesn't he know his mouth is moving? Like the first rule of ventriloquism is you know don't open your mouth. Then people are at least. Some people are impressed with that feat, so even if you're not funny, you're just like, well, you did something kind of impressive, you know? Just like <laughs> kick a guy while he's down, David. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's hurting so bad. Well, I'm saying, like, but... he has to know his lips are moving, right? Like, Yeah. I don't know. David, circling back to your question about the Michael Jordan fathead, I wondered briefly if it was the same one that Zach Morris had in his room, but it's not. Ooh. Why is it called a fathead and not a poster? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, fatheads are brand. Yeah. So I don't oh. know if these are actually branded. But the difference between that and a, like a poster is just like a standard, you know, rectangle on a piece of paper where a fathead is uh-huh. more of like a sticker you put on your wall. I'm trying to think of the right term. Yeah. Okay. No, that's about a David. That you kind of yeah. throw on there. So like it's, a vinyl? Yeah. And to be clear, just before we get any angry emails, I am aware that what Zach Morris had was a poster and not a fathead of Michael Jordan. But I wondered if maybe it was the same like pose, but it, it's not. I looked at it more and, closely. And what's in this these rooms are clearly like the quote fathead. So you know, there's yeah. like the cutouts of the bodies of. Michael I just don't Jordan know who sat down Robin. and was like, "I'm going to start a company where I sell poster like cutouts of." athletes and other celebrities and i'm gonna call that company fathead yeah yeah (laughs) i just don't know where that name association came from well i remember seeing like the first advertisements i remember it was just like the head of the athlete and they're pretty big you know ah so maybe that's how it started Um, no i might be pulling stuff out of my ass at this point which i am also literally doing at the moment but so Eddie leaves. Steve goes to sleep in his clothes, as one does, on top of the covers. I said, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> well, I've just taken... Just to take a quick cat nap. What's no, I've that? taken naps that way. I've just not gone to bed at night that way. Was that him going uh, to bed, or was he just so tuckered out from being humiliated that he's just like, I need to lay down for a moment, then falls asleep? Well, he, like, turns the lights off and everything. Yeah, I suppose. All right, you win uh... this round, Austin. <laughs> So this is the first point that I had the question that I want to influence the rest of this this episode for me is do you think that Steven is fucking that like, dummy at the oh, moment or just like off screen that. before Yep. Um yeah. In general, it's in <laughs> yeah. In canon for you. For me, yes. Well, Car- for sure. Carol, this is a little uncomfortable uh-huh. for me, but I've been meaning to bring this up with you for a while. <laughs> the way that you shame people who fuck dummies it just seems a little closed off to me like maybe just think about i uh, just think about who you're hurting when you say that is i just i feel like to, to answer your question carol I see, I that see. S- 
Steve is Steve is what like <laughs> he's clearly not asexual because his loins burn for Laura, but he's like whatever the term is for someone who's only sexual for one hyper specific person to the point where he's entirely asexual in all other circumstances. Oh, he had another girlfriend for a while. Yeah, that's true. He had Myra. Yeah, yeah Myra. She was. I think hot. that's just. This you trying to be comfortable? Well, no, I'm being, I want to be very clear. I'm not trying to argue. He's you don't have to worry about. He is clearly a horned up nerd that can't take no for an answer. Yeah, he is. The context for me is that uh, Stevel represents his psychosexual awakening, and that he wants to I'm... fuck himself, and also kill the Winslows, or at least ruin their lives. I would just argue that the, his ventriloquist dummy is just a, not a fuckable dummy. There's just no way to do it. Unless you think there's yeah. some things going on that he carved into to specifically make it fuckable. Yeah. Hey, I'm... There's no documentation <laughs> of me being someone who fucks dummies. I'm just going to say that up front. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not going to have that conversation today. But... If I hypothetically was sexually attracted to dummies, uh, the Steve <laughs> dummy would be like the Brad Pitt of for, for you dummies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, objectively, I don't, don't. What do you mean to me, Austin? What are you saying? A man can't see when another dummy is attracted. Why is everybody laughing? <laughs> Because I remember when we talked about the fact that there is a commercial about like a a dummy with uh, Jaleel White. It was like a car commercial. Do you remember that one? Where <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Not at all. It was Sorry. a car commercial where like Jaleel White would s- swap himself out with an Urkel dummy. Well, no, he was just driving, and then in the passenger seat was an Urkel dummy. And I forget what the whole point of the commercial was. It yeah, something to do with like carpooling or something yeah. like that, maybe. And all I, I know is Ryan said that, like, he would want a life-size dummy of Urkel. What? <laughs> but his only fear was that even though he wouldn't want to fuck it, that he'd end up yeah. fucking it. <laughs> I do remember this, David. <laughs> when did we talk Maybe about this? Uh-huh. This may have been Saved by the Bell Review it's days. Possible. I mean, it's, it's been a while since that commercial was on, but I do remember <laughs> when it was rattling around. I don't remember any of this. Well, I just hope our listeners are updating Ryan's Wikipedia. This is a deep cut. Do I don't think I have a Wikipedia. I, I feel like maybe I've yeah, earned one I by would... now, but the world doesn't think so. So, I don't know. <laughs> know that feel, bruh. It's going to be all about how you maybe how, kind of... How did you feel like after your life's accomplishments? Someone wrote you a Wikipedia, but it was all just about that you wanted to fucking <laughs> well, dummy. Is it that true was the only not, information. Would it would it be Ryan likes to fuck dummies? Uh, open bracket need citation close bracket. <laughs> I don't know. Or would it be Ryan fucks dummies? <laughs> citation 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 citation. <laughs> you guys keep saying I fuck dummies in this way that just seems really judgmental to me. <laughs> uh, Carol, to your to your earlier point, are you arguing Ooh. that Stevel's <laughs> rampage is justified on the grounds that he's mm-hmm. being sexually abused by Urkel? Well, okay. Uh, he would have some uh, 
justification in retaliation, but the way that he retaliates, I don't think has much to do with the Stevens, right? You know, like, sexual abuse, if it is that, uh, right? You know, but, we'll get you know, there. I don't want to spoil what happens, but I don't. What, know what if did that's Carl what I'd do to Stevel to warrant what happens to him when it's Steve committing the sex crimes? I mean, maybe Carl. Yeah. I just want to say, like, if I were someone who fucked dummies, (laughs) the way that you guys are being about it (laughs) would make it really hard for me or whoever (laughs) to be more honest about who they really are. I just want you guys to think about that, just hypothetically. Just, Just think about it. So as Steve is sleeping in his clothes on top of his covers, uh, <laughs> lightning strikes the dummy. Should I get into the physics of lightning and why it wouldn't strike the dummy? Oh, why it wouldn't strike the So your issue isn't its life-giving properties. <laughs> it's the fact that it went through the window and struck the dummy. You want to get into the, the physics of lightning, which would be saying, yes, it gives life to anything it strikes. That's like okay. science right there. Okay. But, but, I mean, okay. but it goes for metal and stuff. It won't just like go into a random room for one wooden dummy but you know that's a fair point david maybe if the dummy was very yeah, yeah, yeah. tall right it'd have to be on yeah, like the a dummy pole, wasn't even like grounded like a really anything. long spire yeah, it, 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 it took me out of the moment i'll be honest so the dummy comes to life <laughs> and let me tell you the audience reacts like an audience that has never seen a ventriloquist dummy come to life <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah I, I, I don't want to keep bringing up the audience, and I feel like I bring up questions of, like, the special effects and what are they seeing, what are they laughing. Do we think this was a real studio audience or just canned laughter? Um, I feel like they showed them footage. I don't know if they were there on set yeah. for all the special yeah. effects. Yeah. I think that they're real and just nobody gave a shit at this point. Like, Because <laughs> there are some audible gasps at things <laughs> that don't deserve audible gasps because it's a fucking Family Matters horror Halloween episode yeah i did enjoy the audience reactions like it's like gasps and laughs and really polite applause like i don't think you could find an audience that friendly to this material just like getting regular people off the street no i i i wholeheartedly agree uh so yeah yeah uh steve wakes up and discovers Uh that the doll is alive and has a creepy voice yeah it's fucking great and uh, I, I briefly wondered if the uh, if the voice was anyone notable, and I guess it kind of is, but not in any way you'd think. Oh, go on. What did our orphans find out? So he, Stevel, is yeah. voiced by one Rich Corell, whose uh, biggest claim to fame is playing... Uh, the voice of Stevel. <laughs> the voice of Stevel. No, uh, Richard Rickover on Leave It to Beaver. Oh, shit. Was that? He was on 31 episodes of Leave It to Beaver. So, so <laughs> didn't we watch a Leave It to Beaver about like an old drunk one time? We did watch did an uh, Leave It to Beaver about an old drunk. Well, that was a good I'm one. I'm confused here, Austin. You said you wanted to see if he was anyone notable, and he was, but not in the way you think in... In what way is he notable? Well, he was on some TV shows and stuff. (laughs) So you, so when you're like, (laughs) this is the voice of somebody and you look it up and it turns out they've done other things on IMDb. Suddenly that's like notable. Like, 
Well, I, I think got it'd be the... notable. If literally, this was the only thing this guy did was be the voice. Yeah, of yeah. No, I know. I know what you're saying, Dave. I probably set that up wrong. But the <laughs> the point is that getting Richard Rickover to do this voice probably meant something to a certain type of like people who grew up watching Leave It to Beaver. Maybe I don't know. I don't think anyone gave a shit, Austin. <laughs> I mean, that's, you're probably to not this wrong. day. He, I think that like he probably was knew somebody. Well, he's a he's also he gig, but. he's also a fairly prolific director, uh, who looks to have spent a lot of time on various Miller Boyette shows. Oh, yeah. Uh, he directed a lot of episodes of Valerie and Perfect Strangers and Full House, and uh, uh, he most recently directed twenty uh, some episodes of Fuller House. So he's still uh, out there peddling the same kind of claptrap. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's probably why he got the job. Once you're in the Boyette family, you're set for life. I know. I wanted to ask another thing, too. What's that? How does Urkel not get woken up by the dummy getting struck by lightning? What's, I mean, it's lightning. We don't hear any thunder. But it's, <laughs> it, would be, it would be really bright. I don't know. It just seemed to me like an odd thing to sleep through. Steve's really tuckered out from plowing that mummy all night. <laughs> I that's, mean, that's, dummy. That's the best explanation. We don't know that he fucks a mummy, but he probably would do that, too. Right, right. Carol, the way you talk about people who fuck mummies... (laughs) Uh I mean, if there were people who were here who did fuck mummies, it'd sound a little derisive and maybe offensive. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. I really have a lot to learn. (laughs) Yeah, hashtag check your privilege, Carol. Uh... So, next scene, Steve rushes downstairs. Uh, it is seemingly broad daylight. Everyone is fully dressed and going about their business. So, I guess he was taking a nap, David. Yeah. Um, or he slept for, like, 16 hours. Or he's That's just true. Like, he, Steve does seem like the kind of guy who goes to bed at, like, 7, 7.30, right? That's like, true, yeah. yeah. Like, has a warm glass of milk and retires I was early. just going to say that. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> Like, everybody else is still going about their business. Yeah, like, they're... I guess Steve's in bed now. <laughs> um, so he runs downstairs and tries to convince people who I, every once in a while, remind myself are just his neighbors mm-hmm. that the doll is alive. But, of course, they don't believe him because the doll doesn't come alive when when they're standing there. Uh, so then, as soon as they do leave, the doll comes alive again. And then if you thought yeah. the audience lost their shit the first time the doll came to life... They lose it, like, three times that when the dog gets up and starts walking around. That's because it's a little person. It is a little person. Not just a little person. It's a very special little person. Yeah, do you know who the little person is, David? I do. It is one Josh Ryan Evans. Who played Timmy in Passions. Who was also a doll that came to life. <laughs> Yay! Oh, wow. When are we going to do passions? When are we going to stop wasting our lives? Cue, cue it up, Carol. Man. You got a passions it's Christmas true. episode you want to do I, for your next go round? Sure. Oh, my God. I'll find please. one. <laughs> you are I my bet passion for life. Yes, I will have you know that Josh Ryan Evans was in 300 episodes of passions. He was no the way. MVP of that shit. Everything was about Timmy. Yeah. Uh, to back it up really quickly, I want to say that when Steven is trying to tell Carl that this dummy is coming to life, Carl doubts his sanity by asking him if he had any other crazy people in his family. And then Steven says that his aunt thought she was an air conditioner, but she, 
it was cool because she kept everybody cool during the summer. To which I question, does that mean that his aunt was blowing everybody? Yeah. <laughs> it was a long walk to get there, but it made you all think. It's true. That was definitely a thinker. Yeah. Carl also asked Steve if he spent any time at a rubber ramada, which is just an mm. interesting phrase that I don't know I've ever heard before. <laughs> he was trying to update rubber room, you know, yeah. like he's crazy, but now it does make me think that that's a special hotel room you can rent and just piss yourself the whole time. Well, I think David got what he was referencing. He would just present, you know, Carl presents <laughs> it like that's a common term. And it's not. Well, the, the wordplay on these shows is exquisite. Yeah. <laughs> you are right. Anyway. They, they were like, well, everyone says rubber room, but what's another word that starts with an R? Like rubber hotel? No. But what's a hotel that starts with an R? Ramada! They were like, Prince. we gotta give it that special Family Matters charm that people come to expect from us. That Family Matters stamp of quality. <laughs> and they let him stay in the Ramada free for a weekend and piss themselves. <laughs> That's probably true. true. Uh, so Steve runs upstairs, barricades the door, uh, but the doll climbs in through the window. And uh, Steve tries to use logic to defeat the doll by pointing out that it's just a doll and can't be alive. And the doll says, aha, but I counter your logic with this dancing. That was fucking great. And the audience loses their shit because the doll is dancing. At one point, Steve notes that he's just like a doll, a wooden doll, right? Which then made me think, like, would his nemesis be Mr. Woodchuck? (laughs) <laughs> who like, would win yeah, steve or woodchuck yeah. dude steve no <laughs> but then steve also gave me a bit of a yoda vibe at some points and that was a little... yeah a little bit a little bit steve old yeah. yeah. was it his wisdom yeah it was, his, it was his mischievousness at times i don't really get where you're coming from with the yoda i think it's just the, his stoicness that he would just die stoicness no. What are you talking about, David? <laughs> They're both small. When Steve was like, away. kill or kill not, there is no try. Yeah, something like that. I don't know if I understand where you're coming from with this one, to be honest. Ryan, would you fuck Yoda? Oh, um, the puppet? Or, like, if he was alive and a, a living creature? Would your answer change? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, what are you making fun of me? Why are you being such dicks? You ask a question if you want an honest answer. Be more sensitive. Um, let's see if he was a puppet. Oh, then yeah. <laughs> I'm not all, all night. I'm not making fun of you. I'm laughing respectfully. No, I know. Yeah, I this know is that. this is uh, this is laughter of respect. Uh, so the doll declares its intent to destroy the Winslows and this prompts Steve to call it evil, which then leads him to christen it Steevil. They're like way too happy about that pun. Well, I love, yeah, I know. I love that uh, when he talks about how much the Winslows are a bunch of saps, the like audience hisses. Like, <laughs> how dare Steve-O? How dare he? He's like, I didn't even catch those, Winslo- yeah, those cool. Winslows are a bunch of duds. They're like, boo. Yeah, the audience really loves the Winslows. As do I. Steve-O <laughs> vows to destroy Carl Winslow's asshole. 
you cut downstairs and uh, Richie and uh, that other kid. Uh, His name is 3J. Was 3J? 3J. 3J. Like 3Js. Yeah, so Richie and 3J are heading out trick-or-treating, and they are uh, they're dressed like bulls. Yeah. Uh, they're dressed like Jordan and Rodman, uh, which may or may not be foreshadowing. Um, Steve comes down and says, don't worry guys. I locked away that evil doll that was going to kill you all. Why did he just destroy the doll? Like burn it or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if he overpowered it enough to get it into the, into the trunk that he locked it in, you feel like he could have just torn it apart or burned it or thrown it down the bottomless pit or something. I don't want to be insensitive, but I do think he's keeping him around for some kind of reason. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying he has a lot of love equity built up in this doll and he's not quite prepared to throw it all away? Yeah, yeah, he's got a couple more rides with it. We don't know what the torso is like. We don't know what's underneath those high-waisted Urkel pants, but, you know. How long do you think a dummy like that would last? If it was solid wood? Or would it have, like, you know what they make the real dolls out of? Because those do need to be replaced, like, annually if you're going to town. Is that how often? They last about a year? About, yeah, I think, give or take. It depends on your usage. Usage may vary. Uh, But they're made of, like, silicon. So if the dummy's made of wood, I don't know how long Steve's going to last on it. (laughs) <laughs> he might go first. The uh, audience can't see this, but Ryan is taking copious notes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, as as all dolls are wont to well, do, this one breaks free of the chest. But yeah, before that, like uh, Carl, like uh, Steve tells Carl that his name is Stevel. Right. And then Carl's like, "Oh, he has a name now," and like. I feel like traditionally most ventriloquist dummies have a name, so I don't know if that's really an indication of anything else besides... True. Like, I'm surprised he didn't already have a name. Right, every ventriloquist dummy is named something. Yeah, so don't be so derisive there, Carl. Um, That's all I'll say. Carl's a dick. Well, he'll he'll get his. (laughs) He sure will. So apparently Steve has super strength and can just bust through wood, right? Well, I wanted to talk about that, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually a note several times in my notes, is what is the physicality of Steve? <laughs> like, is he strong? I don't know. I don't understand. Sorry, my voice sounds like shit, you guys. <laughs> you sound like a teenager. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, I'm just, it's fucking, I'm sick. Yeah. But uh, if I didn't clarify that. Uh, is he strong? How strong is he? I don't get it. Well, he's strong enough to put people into uh, different physical construction. So it's supernatural strength, and then he does have physical strength as well. Is he stronger than a man? Sometimes. Or sometimes you could just easily pull him apart, too. I like how Carol is just is owning this. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, you get the same question with, like, uh, Chucky, too. Cause yeah. Chucky will, like, strangle somebody, and you're like, well, where, where, where's that muscle coming from, you know? And, yeah. Chucky, Chucky, you can always, he always uses leverage. Like, <clears throat> I don't think Chucky is really very strong. He's just really good at murdering. Yeah. He does <laughs> have Brad Dorf as a murderer inside him, which is powerful. He's a very skilled murderer. That Chucky. But sometimes he uses his own strength. Like, I remember a specific scene where he, like, 
strangle somebody with like a plastic bag he puts over their head and just like cinches it. That sounds that sounds like something Chucky would do. <laughs> well, needless to say, Steve uses his probably superhuman strength to yeah. break out of the the chest in which he's been locked, and uh, we go down back downstairs to Eddie, who, in further proof that he really doesn't have a whole lot going on in his life, has nothing better to do on Halloween than hand out candy. Well, is handing out candy. Terrible. I know. I just you, you get the impression earlier in the series that Eddie is fashions himself something of a man about town and yet here he is in his mid-twenties hanging out at his parents house on halloween yeah i mean it's one thing if you're like if you're like 35 and handing out candy in your own house okay but if you're just 25 he should be out there well i mean even if i was 25 hanging out at my parents house handing out candy it'd be different i never thought i was all hot to trot like eddie did Austin, I was imagining you as a hot to trot teenager. Yeah, no, no, never, never hot to trot this one. I think Eddie's just taking a break. You know, he probably got chlamydia. Or <laughs> no, now he's getting chlamydia all over the candy that he's handing out. He was just like, I just got to take it easy this holiday season. You know? <laughs> he, he laid too much pipe, and now, now it's starting to rust. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> He's like, here's some candy, kids. My dick is so sore. David, is that what happened to your apartment's pipes? Too? Yeah, exactly. It, too much too, chlamydia. We got pipe chlamydia in my apartment, so we're flooded. Yeah. Mamma mia. Uh, so Eddie sits back down on the couch, and steve lures him to the fireplace and seemingly kills him. Yeah, what happens here? Come on. Okay. Okay. I have a theory. Hear me out. I bet it involves Eddie having sex with something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) What happens is that he goes into the chimney and he gets spit roasted by two skeletons. How does he get spit roasted in the chimney? Is the chimney wide enough for two skeletons and a spit roast? Yeah. I don't feel like it's wide enough for Eddie. I have no problem. It's Eddie that has to bend, and boy, does he. Carol, man, I don't want to tell you, I don't want to go over this again. You're, she's referencing the Nightmare Before, the Nightmare on Elm Street show. There was only one skeleton in that scene, Carol. Ryan, sometimes, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think you could be more sensitive about people who really enjoy (laughs) multiple skeletons spit roasting people. If That's not that fair. it's me, but if somebody wants that, you know, let them dream. Let them have that because it's just it's just funny because I had to edit that episode, so I was listening to it. And you're like, Yeah, there was two skeletons and then we're both like, nah, Carol, I'm pretty sure it was just one skeleton. <laughs> and Carol's and like the... To hell with your logic. <laughs> she was all up on the internet like Freddy two skeletons. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I he lures him to the chimney and then I drags him up and murders him. I, I mean Eddie. Let's be clear, Eddie's built like a like a linebacker, yet he somehow manages to fit up that chimney. Yeah, I was just hoping like yeah, suddenly like just buckets of blood would just spill out. From the chimney. <laughs> like, we don't know what happened, but it wasn't pretty. But instead, he just disappeared, and he's the only one who we don't like hear from again, too. No, I'm also not intimately familiar with the uh, Winslow House architecture. Liar. But I don't remember if there's always been a fireplace <laughs> where that fireplace is when Eddie gets killed. I think so. Okay. I think the fireplace checks out. Okay. 
It seems like it's in. It seems like it's next to the front door, which would be an odd place for a fireplace. But uh, anyway, uh, so then we just get a random cutaway scene to Stevel running down Richie and Three J. Uh, while driving one of those cars where it's like two wheels in the front of the car and one it's, wheel well, in the like, back. Yeah, it's, it's his car. It's his car. electric car. It's like his uh, signature that's, car. Yeah, oh, that's right. Car. That's right. Yeah, he drove. Yeah. It's called an Isetta. I S E T T A. And it's a dope ass car, man. I want one. It looks like a little uh, little mini coupe, but cooler. Did we talk about Urkel's car last time? No. I don't think so. Oh, because. That was always a thing for me. It's like, I remember when they premiered it, it's the Urkel-mobile. <laughs> and I remember when they first showed it on the show, and it was like, that car is cool as fuck, man. So like, dope. It was supposed to be like a joke, like, oh, Urkel's ridiculous, and this is his car, but I was like, I still want one of those cars. <laughs> right? I would love that. And then it makes me think that he's not old enough to drive. I know, like, the actor, Jalil Way, is probably, like, 35 while he's doing these scenes, but he's, like, so small, and he plays it so, like, nerdy. He seems like he could be, you know, 14 to me. Yeah, he's had the car for years at this point, though. That's why they don't even give it context. They're just like, you know what that is. It's intense <laughs> <laughs> about him just trying to mow down two kids on a bike and like with his yeah, it really steps it up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that they cuts don't to show what happens. It's just like they're biking, and then he's like chasing him on the in his car, and then it just cuts away. But you're like, yeah, Richie's like faster, cousin Oliver, faster, and then Steve was like, <laughs> and then it cuts away. Well, and then the next scene, we find out what happened to them. Well, when... do we? Sort of. <laughs> Steve goes back to I his room. I have more questions. <laughs> yeah, Steve you're goes gonna. back to his room and he lays down on his bed, only to discover that somehow the two kids have now become trapped in Steve's Chicago Bulls fat heads that are hanging on his wall. Yeah, it's just like their heads. So, like, did he, like, chop off their heads and mount them? Or did he like melt them into the wall like what happened yeah here? i feel what? like he sunk them into another plane of existence yeah for most like, of their body i okay. took it as he somehow like transformed their clothes into the bulls jerseys then shunted them from the fourth dimensional realm we exist in into a flatter three-dimensional realm where they lost all bodily dimension tore down Steve's fat heads and then affixed them in their place. <laughs> Which is a lot of work. It but is, I especially for a uh, sentient dummy. He's an auteur. Right? He is. He loves his work. <laughs> I thought of... I mean, when, and when you love what you do, it's not really work at all. Yeah, exactly. I do wonder how long they were setting this up and was this poster in their room for the whole time? Yeah. I feel like my oh. my history with the Miller Boyette shows suggests that it has never been seen before or since. <laughs> and even no, you guys. Too much credit. This is like longtime viewers of Family Matters. This is a real payoff. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> the the like, fireplace. It's like when you realize that they've been planning things from the beginning. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they've been setting up the jack-in-the-box yeah. in the living room for mm-hmm. a long time. Everyone's like, yeah. why does nerdy Steve have these Chicago Bulls on the wall in his room in the Winslow house? And then this episode came along and everyone went, oh, that's what Yeah. 
when you rewatch it, when you rewatch episodes, you're like, they had so much foresight. Yeah, there's, there's um, like subtle hints of like Richie being mm-hmm. like, I want to be Michael Jordan someday. And you're like, oh, now he is. <laughs> so I, I, uh, fuck, I forgot it. <laughs> oh, so my theory about yeah. what happened to them. Is that he like flattened them? Like oh, with the car flattened, like... either with the car or maybe just, just with the Murphy over. bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do think that all of their deaths, except Carl's, which is gruesome, <laughs> yeah. um, all their deaths except Carl's are designed to be like very much like something that would happen in a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right, right? Like, I think the idea we're supposed to take is he runs them over with the car, and in classic, like, cartoon logic, that flattens yeah. them out. But because yeah. they were dressed up like the two Chicago Bulls for Halloween and have now been flattened, they can just be replaced on the wall without Steve realizing it right away. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. that was a real stump. I mean, I had to really think about it, you know? And the other thing um, is, I'm not sure how this resolves. Like, is Steve just going to go to bed in that bed still? Because he doesn't get them out. No. Well, I don't know. I also, one thing I wanted to d- discuss was all the different incarnations of Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> all of them? Well, I'll, I can, I wrote down a few I could think of. Yeah. I'm I'm not optimistic that you guys will contribute to this list. Me neither, thanks. <laughs> but there's Stevel. Mm-hmm. Are you guys aware of Stevel? Yes. <laughs> a little bit. There's Myrtle Urkel. No. Do you guys know that one? That's what Steve is and it? Drag, isn't it? Yeah, that's an early one, and Steve has, like, a Southern Belle cousin. Oh, yeah, and no, she, I remember. And she comes at least twice, but I think more than that, and she Whoa, that's, harasses... That's getting a little too much information. <laughs> I know, it's a, fa- it's a family show. But she harasses Eddie the right, same way. Right, they're, she, they're she is to Eddie what Steve is to... To Laura. See, it's equal opportunity sex offenders. Oh, so then it's not yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's the Urkel bot. Yep. Yeah, it oh, creates a robot. Yeah. That and there's at least two Urkel bot episodes. One which has a Laura bot and also ends with dancing. <laughs> um there's of course Stefan Urkel. Right. Yes. Right. And several iterations. There's when he becomes Bruce Lee. What? <laughs> That that sounds like it was probably entirely racially sensitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think they did that at least once. They might have even did it twice. I'm not. Was sure. that just an excuse to get Jaleel White into like a a karate gi and do like ninja moves? Well, I think a lot of stuff that happens as Family Matters goes on, besides just that they're out of ideas, <laughs> is that they're just like, hey, I think. Stefan Urkel is just Jillian White being like, can I just not talk like a piece of shit <laughs> for a few minutes? Can I be on my own show and like be someone anyone would ever have sex with? And instead of the writers coming up with, sure, we'll create this character who's like Urkel's cousin or brother. They're like, we're going to create this character who you transform into after entering into a machine to make yourself yeah. cooler, which is totally what a normal kid would have. Yeah, and then I like the thing too. I like what Stephon Urkel is like. 
you would think it would be when the show jumped the shark, but it was just like it was like <laughs> season three. Like it was not that late. It was into it. It was a ways in, but it was just like this show was like jump the shark proof. It's like how are you gonna find the point in which this show became no good? It just never. <laughs> it's like. It jumped the shark in the pilot. How low can you go? You can't, nope. you can't find the point where it became no good because it probably never was very good to be It never was good. The jump the shark moment is the opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a cousin Urkel? Like, he was like a country bumpkin or something? Or... Oh. It's, you're thinking of Myrtle Urkel, Maybe. I think. But she so was all guys... fancy. She would wear like gloves and like a petticoat dress. You should yeah. like have like a sun hat on and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. big poofy dresses and stuff. Um, you guys don't have any additional Urkels. I would be really upset if I left out any Urkels. Well, I'm sure, there was the actual merchandise of Steve Urkel. There was like this Steve Urkel doll that you could have. I don't think this is as big yeah. as you actually want it, Ryan. But uh... there was a cereal. Yeah, yeah. were there Urkelos? Urkelos? That was my next. Yeah, there were. Did you eat them? I don't believe I ever ate them. I didn't really love Urkel till late. I mean, I kind of always loved Urkel. But <laughs> what was it? Uh, what was it about the late '80s and early '90s that led to every fucking thing getting its own cereal? Yeah, like it isn't like there aren't. It isn't like there aren't intellectual properties still around today. But it isn't like we see serial versions of every like popular kids show or fad nowadays but we sure as hell did 20 years ago i think breakfast cereals were more of a thing then maybe maybe than they are now yeah. also it was like always the same cereal yeah. oh yeah no it was totally it was, it was just like we're gonna shape the marshmallows into this thing now and it was always like a really crappy knockoff of like captain crunch or something or lucky it was always the, it was a lucky yeah. charms knockoff where it was basically like here's a non-sugary oat piece coupled with a bunch of marshmallows in shapes that are specific to whatever property we're cashing in on i remember being really desperate to get the sweetie chef cereal oh yeah and Nintendo cereal. Oh, yeah, cereal. I remember oh, desperately man. wanting that, that, that Super Mario cereal. That was good stuff. Well, no, you got Mario yeah. and Zelda. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was, like, just some shitty-ass cereal. Anywho, Steve runs downstairs, and this is really where steve turns the Freddy Krueger-esque puns up mm-hmm. uh, to about 11. He, he leads Steve to the cabinets where Laura has been chopped up into pieces she says she's feeling a bit beside herself. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though she's clearly just, like, standing inside the set. Like, I kind of love how no shits they give about selling the idea that she's been, like, chopped up and put in the cabinets. Well, again, she's, like, not hurt. Yeah, it's right. Like, it's really odd. She's just kind of, like, mildly annoyed by being chopped into three different pieces. She's, like, yeah. pretty embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I like, too, how, like, they show her legs, like, they show their different body parts, and they, like, have to be doing something. Like, the legs, like, cross their legs uh-huh. just to be like, these are legs that are moving and alive. But even the, like, the when he opens the one cabinet, it's supposed to be, like, her head. It's really from, like, middle of her shoulders up. Yeah. Yeah. And so yes. you, can, like, you can see the space where she's standing, like, between that and the front of the cabinet, and it's just, it's very clearly just her standing there and framed in this way. And 
It's a good take on the comic book trope of refrigerating a woman, except oh, they put yeah. her in the cupboard. Well, we get a little bit of that in a, in a moment here too. Mm. Uh, so, oh, that was cool. So then, so then Steve Ice turns cream. around and discovers that Harriet has been turned into a early '90s CGI Jack in the Box. Boy, this is maybe the weirdest one to look at. <laughs> yeah. It's um, that green screen and also the makeup on her and the weird clown thing. Yeah. And just like, it's not even, there's no logic to it. It's not like she got chopped up or flattened. <laughs> she just has been transformed into a sort of a creature. Well, yeah, like this is. It, I assume her head was chopped off and put onto this giant jack in the box. I have no idea. And, and like that giant then jack somehow. The has been appearing like through like multiple episodes before this one. Yeah. They, like, must have set this up at the very beginning yeah. in the pilot, right, Ryan? They're like, here's the jack-in-the-box oh. that we fuck with sometimes. I sure hope I now, never get turned into this. <laughs> now that I think about it, you're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's layers to this show. They really put Yeah, this on. is starting starting with the with the boys' fat heads. This is where <laughs> steve is basically operating under, like, Mr. Mitzel Pitzlick logic, where yeah. he can yeah. just, like do whatever crazy or freddy i mean or freddy krueger dream logic where he could just yeah. like or the, except like, like they aren't even ironic kid. punishments exactly yeah isn't this also a twilight zone yeah. that the simpsons did too where yeah with the head on mix the will click you yeah it's good that bart did that yeah yeah <laughs> but like at least with like freddy krueger like last week you know last episode he's like oh this girl has an eating disorder so i'm gonna turn her into a pig monster whereas here it's yeah. like i'm gonna take harriet and make her a jack in the box and she's always talking about, about how much she loves jack in the box the food yeah. and steve really loves, loves laura <laughs> steve really loves laura so i'll put her in the cupboard <laughs> like there's just no <laughs> we're just missing out on that like ironic punishment angle uh they're just like uncreative punish they're like hack jobs that's what these murders are called so speaking of fridging people right? Come on, that was great. <laughs> Don't let that. Did he use the computer to hack them? So, uh, oh. speaking of fridging people, Steve grabs Stevel and throws him into the fridge. And yeah. dude, that shit was awesome. And I actually, I was like, oh, I bet he could just cut his way out the back, and he does. Ooh. Again, this is where I don't understand, like, is he strong? Because Steve just throws him. Like, that's one of those things that was satisfying, because whenever you watch a thing with, like, an evil doll or a dummy, you're always like, why don't they just do something like that? But then he does, because he's, like, normal strengths, but then he has to be, you'd have to be incredibly strong yeah, to hack your way out of the back of a fridge. Steve has a soft spot for Steve. Like, he... Oh, that's true. So he doesn't want to hurt him, so he was just kind of like going easy on him and gets thrown. Well, he loves him, yeah, right? Well, that's yeah, that's what we find out in this next him. scene. So Steve runs out into the living room, and we find out why. But at first, we're just presented with this notion that Carl is completely oblivious <laughs> to the fact that his whole family was getting Nightmare on Elm Streeted in the next room. And I kind <laughs> so of loved good. that at first. There's like, yeah, he's just totally not aware of it. But then we find out. That uh, Stevel is playing Carl like a ventriloquist dummy. Mm. He's got his hand up there and he's just making him talk. And he tells, this is where we find out that uh, that Stevel loves Steve. And he's wiped out the Winslow so that they can go on the road together with Steve acting as Stevel's ventriloquist dummy. 
And to be clear, frequently I am interpreting things through my own canon, you know, adding a skeleton to a spit roast here and there. <laughs> we all, I believe, agree that Stevel absolutely has his whole dummy arm up Carl Winslow's old asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like checking his prostate while he's there and like milking it to get the right words I'm out. Taking offense mm-hmm. to the idea that mm-hmm. Carl's asshole—you're you're making it sound like his asshole would be like old and decrepit, and I—I <laughs> I assume he has a very nice asshole actually, and he probably yeah, keeps it too, clean. Yeah. Well, I bet it's nice, but it—you know—he's in his fifties, which is why I mentioned the prostate. It's just he's doing him a favor by checking it out. He's yeah, a lot of fiber, you know. He's trying to does he? Food. I don't think he does. I think he eats donuts like he did in Die Hard, David. <laughs> <laughs> That's still weird to me. How Carl Winslow is the same character as in Die Hard. He's the <laughs> black so cop strange. of the world. Oh, I want to say a couple things. Yeah, if I may. One is, I'm going to admit that I genuinely laughed <laughs> when Stevel was ventriloquist dummy and Carl. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And he was like, I took my wife to the island. <laughs> and he was like, Jamaica? Jamaica? And he's like, nah, she wanted to go. <laughs> I don't know why, but I like involuntarily laughed at that. I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Like, I laughed. I made sure I wrote um, that exchange down, Ryan, so that if someone else cool. didn't bring it up, I would have. I wrote, I really laughed. It's the closest then, to a joke that I think the episode has, yeah. Which is great, because they I clearly wrote, just stole it from, like, some 1930s vaudeville routine. Yeah, right. totally. And then I can't even tell you how much I love that Stevel's whole motivation is that he wants Urkel to go on the road with yeah. him and do performances. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Who thought of that? Like, that's why he killed everybody, because I guess he loves him. It's so strange. Maybe this is, like, the origin story of Jeff Dunham. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Pretty sure. Are you suggesting that, like, Jeff Dunham's dummies like murdered his entire family and like took him captive to take him on the road yeah he fisted the dad and it wasn't his family it was the neighbors that he lived with and he fisted the hell out of them and slashed jack-o'-lantern and cupboard and and, um, fat-headed them all that's what I'm saying I think your story probably checks out probably yeah we won't get sued (laughs) (laughs) but it's like why didn't Steve will just ask. <laughs> That's a good lesson, you guys. Just use your words if you want your friend to go on tour with you. Yeah, yeah. like he just comes to life and just starts doing all this bad shit. Why didn't he just pitch the idea first? Okay, maybe Urkel Woko, then you can murder everybody like that's the logical follow-up but don't preemptively murder everyone there's no reason for it that's just not how murderers think though they just assume the worst oh you know like there's no way that's true he's going to love me enough to go on the road with me so i just have to murder everybody to make him love me so he has no really good answer david david had that answer all loaded up and ready to go (laughs) he really did he was prepared (laughs) that was like the best answer you've ever given (laughs) it was a low bar to clear it's almost, it's, almost, it's almost like David looked inside his soul and had that answer all locked up. And no comment. <laughs> so just don't, don't don't go looking around your house anytime soon. <laughs> I would also like to point out during Stevel's evil monologue here, he like won't stop moving his eyebrows up and down the whole time, and it's like 
very distracting, and it doesn't seem like they're as good as puppeteers as the Henson Studios. Yeah, well, they obviously like they... put in some mechanics to make his eyebrows move, and they were not going to waste that effort. Well, right, you yeah, you put that time and effort and money into giving your dummy robot eyebrows, and you're not going to not use them. Get your money's worth. <laughs> Incessantly. <laughs> I like how there's like I don't know three or four different Steevels. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. There's yeah. there's like the Timmy person in a costume Stevel. Yeah, there's yeah. the like just regular ventriloquist dummy. There's the slightly robotic one. There's like the head and shoulders that talks, yeah. and then there's the full close up yeah. or the full body. Yeah. And I like that you can always tell exactly which one. <laughs> yeah. It's like not, yeah, they don't look alike not at seamless all. at all. No, you're like that's the, this one. Yep. Yep. Well, once with uh, with Stevel's uh, evil slash loving uh, intentions declared, Steve and Stevel proceed to geek fight. Uh, Oh god, that was so good. <laughs> Which I mean, they do that thing where they like stick their arms, their forearms out, and wave yeah, them around like, like they're old timey boxers. This exchange, though, I was like so happy we were watching this. <laughs> when I watched this part, I was just like, "This is what it's all about." Like, what? It, how did we get to this? <laughs> I also was wondering how did we get to this, but I think it brought me just a little less joy. Carol, Carol was coming at it from the other side of yeah. things. Yeah, it's a good but thing. we met there. It's a good thing you, Carol, you weren't aware that this is replacing a Punky Brewster Halloween episode. <laughs> Which also has some, you know, um, half met, like they shove people halfway through walls or just turn them yeah. into, we'll get there. Yeah, it's got some demented ass shit in it. Uh, so at, at one, at one point, steve transforms from being an actor in a puppet costume to a physical dummy again. And then that's the point at which Steve manages to pull it apart. Uh, which is kind of what we keep saying. If you're being attacked by a giant, you, if you're being attacked by a living dummy, just pull it apart. Cause you're bigger than it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. this is what Steve does, but then steve literally pulls himself together yeah. And chokes the life out of Steve, mm-hmm. who it turns out was dreaming the whole thing. Never saw that one coming. But then Eddie, so Eddie comes in and he's like, Steve, you're so crazy. Let's get that craziness right out of your brain. And he pulls out a hand mixer and he starts to take the blender to Steve's brain and then eat your heart out, Christopher Nolan. It turns out that was all a dream, too. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Family Matters um, did it first. Eddie also says that Steve is really afraid of every holiday and that he had nightmares about the Easter bunny and the turkey. And uh, continuing with my theme, I felt like those were also very sexual. Yeah, too. when he turkey yeah, stuffed so, him. Yeah, yeah Steve, the turkey stuffed him and he met the Easter bunny in a dark alley. <laughs> Have you, Steve uh, wakes up. Uh, he wakes up from his second dream. And Eddie comes in, and now it's it's the real Eddie. And, Wait, uh, hold on. I want to talk about something important. <laughs> sure. It's for once. And well, what's going so on in Saudi Arabia, you guys? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. Um, They're drawing and quartering all the dummies over there. <laughs> so when Urkel wakes up the first time, he's like, why would I have a dream like that? Like, he really is looking at himself. Uh-huh. And I think it's true that Urkel has a lot of repressed anger towards the Winslows. But that was all a yeah. dream in and of itself. 
Yeah, I but know, it was, but it was still, still self-reflection. That's true. Yeah. Maybe the Eddie that was trying to take a hand mixer to his brain was the part of Steve's mind that can't handle the shit he's put the Winslows through all these years and is well, trying to like take it out on him. It's complicated because he's always fucking up, right? Like, he does things that it would make sense they would be mad, especially the daughter harassing. Like, that I can't get past. Oh, right. But that he's always like, hey, look at my new invention. Yeah, like when he, he blows, blows up, up Carl's living room. living room, you're just kind of like, oh, that's Steve. But when he can't I mean, not that's... sexually harass Laura, it gets a little bad. But then every once in a while, like every like third episode, Carl's like, Steve, I'm fucking sick of your shit. Like he really lays it down like it's not, he's not even joking. And then Steve makes him feel guilty and he lets him come back. That's like every other episode yeah. of Family Matters. But just the complexity of that relationship and how much envy – Steve has for them and the repressed sexual feelings and just being abandoned by his own family. Like he just clearly has a really complex layered dynamic with the Winslows. I think it'd be healthy if they examined it. (laughs) Well, when, when Steve wakes up from the second dream, he explains to Eddie that he had a dream with a false ending Mm-hmm. Which, like which is mildly clever, clearing a low bar. Have ever dreamt and then woke on up, but then actually still been in a, in a dream? No. No. I think so. Really? I think I may have. It's happened to me, like, a few Has times. Has it really? I've always wondered about it. like Because it's such a TV movie trope. Like, mm-hmm. the you're like, oh, my God, it was all a dream. Oh, my God, it was all a dream. Yeah, but I've, ne- I've never experienced it. There was it. one time I can specifically remember, and it was, like, literally, like, seven times I kept waking up from a dream thinking I was awake Whoa. and then not. Oh, man, shit. You were down at, like, that bottom Inception level yeah, exactly. with, like, the crumbling And I might still be there. <laughs> um, Quick, spin your totem, David. No, David, you... please wake up and get us out of here. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah no kidding. No, there is that. Another... Like, well, how do I know this isn't a dream? But then after like you know an hour, you're like, I think things have, things are, have gone long enough and are boring enough that this isn't a dream because you know. You're like, all right, I'm really naked at <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry. I just seven times I thought I was waking up from a dream. That's why. That's my reason. Uh, one thing I liked too is the dream, the second dream, the the false dream mm-hmm. or whatever, the false ending dream. Um, is the way Eddie talks is like to me like how Urkel's brain would write him yeah. dialogue in his dream. <laughs> it was like overly intelligent. I liked he was that. Self-diagnosing himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are you the dream, David, or the dreamer? Dream, David. <laughs> so, uh, and then, and when he wakes up for real, Eddie points out all of the uh, all of the sitcommy hijinks that seem to happen to Steve around the holidays. And I wondered, I wondered how many of those were actual Family Matters plots, and how much were just fake shit they made up. Yeah, you're Ryan, gonna, you're did, gonna find out did you next, see over, over the next four Christmases. <laughs> You guys are fucked from now on. Every holiday I get is going to be Family Matters all the way. I love this show. And then and then we're going to watch the episode where Carl's insurance company cuts him off because he keeps having to rebuild his house because it gets fucked up by Steve. That's a real episode, and we're going to watch it. I love, I love the show trying to, like, they have this, like, completely outlandish character that does all these outlandish things, and then they're like, but let's put all of that aside and try to examine what realistically would happen 
if all of those outlandish things actually happen. It makes sense. Like, all right, this is episode 140 of oh, yeah, Family no, Matters. Totally. <laughs> uh, and so, what would be this? So then, at the at, with with the episode itself over, we get a little a brief look at the uh, behind the scenes of the making of Stevel, and that was weird. Yeah. They were clearly yeah, they were clearly very proud of of the craft involved yeah, in this was, episode. Was this because they were super proud of it, or just they wanted to like take the edge off a little for like the kids being like, just in case you're wondering, it's fake, you know? Oh, uh, I, I didn't really like think of that. Did, yeah, they're like, oh yeah. look, it's just it's a person in the doll. It's a robot doll. Yeah. And then I I liked how every single person who works on the show is white, right. including Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's I didn't even think of that until just now, Ryan. Yeah. That it's a little we got a little bit of like a blackface thing going on by having Timmy from Passions playing Stevel. You know, as I was watching the episode, I was like, I bet that little person they hired, they didn't even bother to hire a black person. <laughs> well, I'm sure they hired Timmy from Passions because it was Timmy from Pat. Like, that's yeah, a stunt casting kind of thing. Well, it's they probably talent. saw him in the hallway or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> They probably went for smallness, but could still, like, really dance or get That's punched, true. you know? It's yeah. pretty hard, depending on how tiny you want your actor. There comes, like, physical problems. Well, just even, like, if it was just, like, oh, here's a, you know, here's a little person from another show, but it's, like, here's a little person from a show where on that show he plays a dummy that's brought to life. Like, mm-hmm. they went out to get him to play their dummy that is brought to life in this episode. Like, that's... He's a star. Passions yeah. hadn't I mean, happened yet, but you can tell he's... No, I'm pretty sure Passions was on the air at that point. I don't, I don't think know. so. Should we consult? Do you think this is how he got the gig on Passions? Yeah. It just is general talent. Like, if there's a casting call for an evil dummy and you have experience, <laughs> it's probably gonna work out for you so this was we said well this is 1996 steveel so this is october 25th 1996 and and passions it says was on the air in 1999 to 2000 oh really yeah 99 to that's wow so he totally got this gig before passions you are my passions for life. <laughs> you think that after he played Stevel, he was like, sometimes you just find something you can do every day and feel happy. You know? <laughs> Timmy need to play a doll again. Timmy need to be Timmy. Wow. He's that really blows cool. my mind. Then it happened in the other order. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bless you for thinking Passions was not an aughts show. <laughs> yeah, I totally, totally thought it was like a mid-90s into the 2000s thing. I know that because it was on while I would uh, play hooky from high school. <laughs> yeah, because it was uh, it was a favorite of Spike on Buffy, but oh. that was like 2001 ish. So yeah, I guess that's mm. when it was on, huh? You'll learn. So that makes <laughs> that makes them hiring a white guy to play Steve even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like they didn't even he didn't even have credentials. Yeah. he's like a kid too, right? No, he just has a really um, young vibe. Oh. Sorry. This is cool. Well, he was born in 82, so he would have been 
uh what 18 yeah just about at this time at this time he would have been what like 16 16, he's legal ryan just saying no 96 so what is that 14 yeah he would have i mean oh he's not i take it back (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so that was devil so good. I wonder if there was a sequel, what would happen? Would there be another dummy? I don't ruin it, but yes. <laughs> Is that other dummy also played by a white actor? Probably. They were like, only white actors and crew. <laughs> Family Matters is a show that, like, if it came on now, it would just get fucking railed so hard. Like... That's fascinating to me. These shows, like, if they made the first season of Family Matters now, just by some time paradox, it was never a thing before then, and it was just, like, released it as a season on Netflix, people would lose their minds. They'd be so upset. By what's aired or just by the fact that it's all white behind the scenes? Well, behind the scenes and also, like... It just happens to have black... It's a white show that just happens to have black yeah. actors. Also, the constant harassment of oh, Laura yeah, is really yeah. unacceptable. Yeah. Like, it truly is. That you wouldn't really be able to get away with nowadays. And there, I don't think there just are even shows like this anymore, right? Not really. There's, I feel like there always has to be a self-awareness on shows when they even try to be, like, this corny. Yeah, there aren't like cheese ball innocuous family shows. Um, I feel like they are on the Disney Channel. Oh, like specifically the wink and the nod at the audience a whole lot more. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly everything is more self aware these days. Um, but I but I feel like you can see the spiritual descendants of the Miller Boyette shows on like Disney Junior, like the. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and the like the Hannah Montana people shows and all of that. I think oh, that's old too. Well, yeah, that's old, but I mean there are there are still shows like that that are on okay. the Disney Channel that are very much that sort of like hyper exaggerated realism stage sitcomy sets and they have that same sort of Miller Boyette <laughs> full house aesthetic. Yeah. But there's certainly, I mean, you know, the Miller Boyette shows, I mean, just TGIF, it was huge. They were these huge hits that were in the the zeitgeist, and you just don't get that anymore. Like, there's those Disney Channel shows, and they have their 8- to 12-year-old fans, but uh, it isn't like people outside of that demographic are talking about them or anything. Yeah, it's way more concentrated now. There's not just, like, some shitty show that comes on every Well, yeah, because everything is just so spread out. There's so many more viewing options and so many different channels and ways to get new shows and things like that that it's you don't have that same kind of zeitgeisty hit. This was so good, you guys. I'm so happy we watched this. Well, that's Ryan's final take on things. Uh, David, do you have a possible uh, <laughs> counterpoint or... Uh, our uh, agreement with any final thoughts were you were you suitably scared on this halloween episode i I thought it was stupid i don't know what to say (laughs) 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 i mean i i guess you could laugh at it but it's just not my cup of tea. I don't know. What to, like, well, I don't know what. I, why am I supposed to be entertained by this? Let me ask you this, David. 
what what is the more outlandish premise, Stevel or Stefan Urkel? Um, well, definitely be Stefan Urkel since Stevel was just a dream. Right. Let's say it wasn't a dream. Let's say lightning magically animated this doll. Uh, then it'd be Stevel. Okay. Because I feel like it might Stephon, still be Stefan or Cal. No, because Stefan <laughs> or Cal could just Steph- be until he splits off, just the placebo effect. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. No, but you guys, Stefan or Cal is science, <laughs> and Stevel is magic. That's the difference. Uh, Carol, any any uh, final thoughts from you? Any uh, chilling reactions? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I gotta say, David, uh, I agree with him a lot, a lot on this, <laughs> nodded emphatically. For those Who are you guys? Don't have Skype. It was I bizarre. It was inane. The effects were hokey, so that was fun. I love any stupid hokey practical <laughs> effects. That, that's the best part. But, um, why are we watching this? Why was Family Matters on for nine, nine seasons? <laughs> And uh, oh, I wanted. What happened Sorry. to Jaleel White's career? We know that, but like he was shit hot center of the TV universe, and now he's just like yeah, but forgotten, he was so thrown him away. Though. Like no one was yeah. going to see him as anything but Urkel, and I think that's what. And they never right. have. <laughs> I feel like Ryan. Do you know? I feel like he's done okay. Like he isn't like no, in a coke induced ditch somewhere, right? No, well, he's in a movie. He was in like a movie that I feel like we'll end up watching at some point called like "Who's Got the Potato Salad." What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about now? That's um, true. And then, um, I mean, he's been in shit like he's in Dream Girls for ten seconds and shit like that. Um, he was on like Dancing with the Stars. And yeah. Did you tell me this, Carol? He's like a piece of shit in real life. He like beat yeah. up his girlfriend. Just oh, like that's another Miller Boyette property, knowing the coaster from Step yeah. by Step, yeah. he has domestic abuse charges. Oh, that's so, you too know, bad. he's the, the Steve Urkel gone to his head, and then he's been taking it out on Laura's ever since. Uh, yeah, see, you know, I, I, I had hoped that it was one of those situations where he just yeah. like quietly left the family matter stage with his like do. residuals and money and just does what he wants to do acting wise, but is just kind of quietly living out his life. But it sounds like that's not the case. He was on a show like pretty shortly after family matters mm-hmm. ended. That was when, uh, UPN oh, was yeah. first getting going yep. and it was okay. having all these original shows and it was a show called Grown Ups. Hmm. And it was kind of, I think, his attempt to rebrand a little bit, and it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to watch every episode of it, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a pretty good Halloween episode because it was very spooky, but also, like, um, what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. That's a fair assessment. No, I will say, as, as Halloween episodes ago, I, I appreciated that they leaned into the, the Halloween part of it. Like, yeah. the set was decorated. It was Halloween. Kids were trick-or-treating. They got the whole ambiance thing going on. This wasn't just like, let's have a doll come to life. Because there isn't anything, like, specifically Halloween-y about a ventriloquist dummy and come even one that comes to life. But they, they made this suitably Halloween-esque. Uh, I... I I appreciated this probably more than the Nightmare on Elm Street because at least at the end of this episode, I was able to say, 
How was it? How did Steve come to life? How did he chop up Laura and put him in the cabinet? It was all a dream. Yeah. Whereas on the Nightmare on Street, I still don't fucking know who did what to whom and how. Uh, bitch. Bitch. The other thing that I uh, that stuck out Damn at me straight. was this was like 90% Steve Urkel, and we got none of Urkel's catchphrases. Yes, at the very end, oh, I was yeah. going to say that he did not, oops, do that. Yeah, yeah he, he, he didn't well, ask anyone Steve-o for would cheese. bust out some of those, right? I would have thought nice. steve would have, yeah. Well, one is he did say he liked cheese. Did he? And, yeah, when he's, like, trying to convince himself he's not crazy, he's like, my name is Stephen Q. Urkel, my IQ this big, I like oh, cheese right. and poke. Yeah, yeah, but that's um, not the same as, can I have any, does anyone have any cheese? <laughs> those are both wrong. I know. Can I have no, any cheese? No, it's not cheese? can I have cheese. Can I have any cheese? Got any cheese? Got any cheese? Um, did you ever talk? Like, cheese is good. Like, well, what's wrong yeah, with Yeah, no, I don't know why. Great. Like, am I a geek because I like cheese? That seems like a stretch. I'm a geek well, for a lot know, of reasons. No, nobody ate cheese before Urkel was <laughs> First of all. And then, wait, a, a couple things. One is that this is like the 200 fucking episode, so I think they just, even they had given it a rest with the catchphrases at this point. I believe you, and Ryan. Then, on, I'd want to go watch the episode after this one and see if that was yeah, still true. I'm going to say they were still present, but they weren't so obligatory. Okay. Like, if you watch season five... Of Family Matters, he just walks into the house and says, did I do that? And then there's like four minutes of cheering. And then he's like, got any cheese? And then there's four more minutes. And then you're halfway through the episode. (laughs) The other thing I want to say, and then they'll be like, don't drink and drive. And then there'll be gentle music as they talk about why not to do that. And then the other thing is that uh, this is the very end of Harriet. They change Harriet's. Oh, really? really? Oh, that's right. Yeah, when, it really? goes, when it moves, they they get rid of the original Harriet. Well, she quit, and I, I can really see this episode as being the point where she was like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. <laughs> she publicly was like, it's a fucking ridiculous, absurd show about Urkel now. She was like, so this used to be my on. spinoff, people. I was this on was her show, Strangers, yeah. and now I'm ahead on a CGI Jack in the Box. So they really did kill her when they turned her into a jack-in-the-box. And, like, they'll be like, hey, Harriet, you have one line in this episode. And she'll be like, all right. And she comes into the kitchen, and she's like, Urkel, here's your shrinking ray. (laughs) She's just like, what am I doing? Yeah, she's like, I could have stayed on Perfect Strangers for one line a week. (laughs) It's true. You guys, what would Larry and Balky think about Stififul? (laughs) Stififul. I mean, if they hadn't been canceled by now, then yeah. they would have been all for it. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay, just checking. I feel like I feel like Balky would have had some like his hometown legend of dolls coming to life or something. Oh, that's true. Yeah, back in Mepos, all our dolls, dolls came to life. Come to life all the time. I don't know. I would fuck all the dolls. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So. <laughs> so Ryan. <laughs> Yeah. Let's say there are other doll aficionados out there who would like to uh, share in your pleasures. Where might they connect with you online? Oh, they know where to go. <laughs> what, what are you trying to say, Austin? Just, I'm trying to help people, li- like people, find each other is what I'm trying to do, Ryan. 
Well, you can find me in the Laurelhurst Park on a bench <laughs> at 3 a.m. Wearing makeup to make you uh, look like a dummy? Like. I'll, no, you are wearing makeup to make you look like a dummy if you're meeting me there. Um, I have a website. It's ohyesverynice.com. That's also my Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, that's all. You may or may not be dead by the time this goes goes up. I wish I was dead. <laughs> Same. Uh, David, how about you? Where might we uh, find you online? Uh, you can find me being a dummy on Twitter. That's at Dr. Bits, Dr. Spelled Out, and at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. And uh, Carol, where can we find your arcane views on sexuality online? <laughs> Uh, you can find my hand up the fist of everybody's favorite black cop online. You all know that. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's 2000 whatever. I'm going to be open with my shit. Um, you can find me. I have plenty of stuff. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Carolyn Main, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. I also have a podcast, Pitch Please, where we play my game, Pitch Please. And that is uh, on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. And you can buy yourself a card game at pitchplease.fun. And I have a Patreon, so Patreon forward slash Carolyn Main. Again, that's M-A-I-N, like the street. As for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter debating if I am the dreamer or the dream at Austin Gorton. And you can also read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com, where you can also give me and David money uh, through Patreon at that place. Uh, patreon.com slash g of l one word and then you can uh, give us money because we like money uh as for the show uh we are a very special episode you can find us online at a very special episode podcast.com where you can uh listen to and download our all of our episodes our entire back catalog is available there you can also find us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, you can rate and review us at those various platforms. And uh, if you like us, you should do so. And if you don't like us, you should continue listening, but don't leave us a shitty review. Uh, you can also hang out on our uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash AVSE. And you can uh, follow us on Twitter at AVSEpod and shoot us an email at AVSEpodcast at gmail.com. You can let us know how badly you want us to do four Family Matters Christmases <laughs> next year. You can do that and other things, yes. Uh, for a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton, and I am off to bed, for I am feeling a little beside myself that was a very special episode we dissected that shit from head to toe did the time fly by or was it slow got so many life lessons oh how we've grown seen so much tv 